Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, man, how much longer are we going to sit here? I said, are you ready? He said, give me a minute. I was kidding. Oh. I've been here for fucking two hours. <laughs> I was like, I'm, like, I'm not fucking ready? <laughs> I'm ready. What else could I be fucking doing? <laughs> well, good morning. <laughs> good Jesus morning. Christ. <laughs> good what morning. a disaster. You <laughs> quitting morning. smoking affects all of us. That is not true. That is true. I got here at 930. I understand. And then I got here and Snowcone took the computer with them. So I had to go Why through the same. Why did he do that? I don't know. So I had to go through the same routine again to remember. Why did you take the computer with him? Because he uses it to edit audio or video or something. I don't On know. On the weekend at the Great I, Wolf I, Lodge? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck that guy. I'm here. At That's nine. how I'm feeling right now. Trust me. So then I have to find a computer, remember which one I can get to sort of work for Twitch. And it's only powerful enough to run one camera, so I have to move the camera around, and then I have to get the, the guy's audio the bane to work. of my fucking existence, to well, be honest look, with you. Well, look, you know, neither oh, of us are in a great defend, mood right but now. But now you're going to start defending him. No, I'm you saying... You always do. No, I'm you're not defending him. You're a Snowcone apologist. No, no. I, listen, if you would have let me finish, I was going to say, okay. well, look, there's a lot of things I might be able to excuse, but walking in here this morning and seeing there's no fucking computer was what pretty irritating. <laughs> yeah. Pretty irritating. And then I'm like, yo... So now I got to use this old computer. Did oh, you talk to shit. him? Shit! Yeah, he. I texted him. He was like, "Oh shit! I forgot about toxic and problematic." You and forgot, like, about, forgot it. about it. Forgot about it. Job. I should have brought that up there. No shit! You should have <laughs> brought it up there. So now I'm using one of my old computers, and thank God that uh, Direct Computer Outlet and Mission gave us a computer, so that now we have a backup computer that we can use, so that we can. Is stream. that his computer? What? The computer he takes. Well, yeah, technically this what one here. Technically. So this one here is the work computer, the one I was trying to get to, to work earlier, and I can't. The other one he got from Direct Computer Outlet. The guy gave it to him, and so that's what he's he been using for us. Twitch. Well, true. He gave it to us, yes. So it's, our so it's, not, it's not owned by work. It's owned by us. Yes. Well, have him exactly. leave it for us to use. Yeah, trust me. I, I would like to. If I had a time machine, it'd be one of the things I would like be reminding him. Like, the fucking him. Kratom. Yeah, the Kratom is, is always missing. The, now, the computer is missing. And then I'm like, look, dude, there's no fucking audio. And I'm trying I'm trying to be calm, but also I'm being quite short in my text. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here, and it is quiet as a church mouse in this room. Usually when Lazo and I get together, every day for 20 years, we see each other every weekday, at least every weekday. And every day it's, hey, how's it going? What's up? Good to see you. And we chat for a while, right? This morning, I was sitting here this morning doing some things. Lazo walks in. We say, hey, and it's it's a muffled, hey. Hey. No, I just want to I'm tired. Right, and it's, we're both tired. Right. And then I realized after that that the computer's not here. So after all that fucking around with electronics, which is the same thing that I've done the last four times we've tried to do this, and I've had to do it by myself, there's been nothing said. And that's when I remembered, oh, shit. Lazo's trying to quit smoking. Because you, I hadn't seen him smoke all morning, and I was like, oh, shit. 
He's trying to quit smoking. He's probably irritated over there while I'm irritated over here. So now I, I don't know what the best strategy is. I mean, he's the one who's trying to quit smoking, not me. So maybe I should act less irritated, or do we act irritated together? Take our anger out on Snowco and the person who's, who's not here? I don't know what the best strategy is. Well, it should be taken out on him. But I did get you a nicotine patch. Yeah, thank you. And I got gum. And I, yeah, you I got mean, I'm gum. fine. And to be honest with you, I wasn't in a bad mood. No, I know. I wasn't either when I got here. I was like, good. Oh, shit. What? Okay, hold on. Is this bad? Yeah. Oh, God. God damn it. I took too long? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking All right. I got to go, man. You've got to go? Yeah, my kid was at baseball practice at 9 a.m. I said I'll be here at 9.30. Oh, yeah, baseball practice. started practice. at right. 9. Yeah. It's 10.46. You so, just texted me and said you got to come get me. I don't have a ride home. Oh, shit. So so what do you want to... So, I mean, I, I don't know what to do. Do we blame this one on Snow Cone? Do we... I, I really don't know. I mean, look, we've got a solid four minutes right now of toxic and problematic. Solid four minutes. I really wanted to talk to you, too. I know. I did, too. I wanted to do this. I, I shouldn't even, I don't I feel like I, I like having Twitch so that, you know, we can, so people can interact and, and we can talk to people. But I guess I could have launched the, all of this without Twitch and we could have just started on time. Yeah, I thought about that. Well, but you trust know me, I did, too. But then I thought, I, I, no one was communicating here. We weren't talking. So I thought, well, he probably wants this, uh, this text line to work. No, no, you you were ready to just go. Should have just said something. Well, <clears throat> uh, Twitch, what do you think? Call it call it a disaster, and that's I like this. That's a wrap, boys. <laughs> Sunday show. Hey, I'll take it. Someone says they'll take it. What a fucking uh, nightmare. What a nightmare. Says Laszlo. Uh, second best Saturday morning podcast around. I'm fucking sat here for an hour and a half, two hours, and watched fucking fishing I've been here with two you. Hours. I know, I know. It's, uh, it's it was not ideal. All of that so that I could get the the text line rolling, which I did get working. I did get the audio and video basically working, but now you have to go pick up your kid. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, oh, you know what we could do? You do it by yourself. Well, no, you know what we could do? Hmm. Since we, you know, we've already got, I mean, this is now we're at five and a half minutes of solid, new, unheard content. audio content. We could put in, there's a couple of things that I thought would be cool to put in for uh, the show, old interviews that we did that I was like, man, they won't let us play them because something, I don't understand, oh, something right. technical about what's wrong with them. And so they're long and we're, and there's that Damien Eccles interview. Oh, and I've, I've thought for a while, like, man, we should post that. And you've been that. watching the West Memphis 3. Yeah, yeah, uh, Paradise Lost, 1, 2, and 3 on HBO, because Brooke had never seen him before. And, uh, when I mean, I was trying to explain Did you her, find like, the Damien Eccles interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good, we'll yeah. do that. You want to run that? So we, we can run the Damien Eccles interview. And put and a then, picture of Damien Eccles on the Twitch. Okay, just put a picture of him picture on him so people know just, the fuck I'll he just is. leave it. I'll just leave the stream <clears throat> running. Right? But an interview from like 2010, too. Did you it was when he wrote the book. Before? Yeah, it was like 2015 or something. I mean, I could, God book. only knows what I fucking said. You know, yeah, well, there is that. But you know, I didn't think about that. Well, that's okay because it's, it's on the Toxic and Problematic right, podcast, right? It's under yeah. that banner. And, and next week, we thought it was this weekend, um, but next weekend is when we're interviewing... Uh, from anyways right yes. so that that could be you know uh, look this was a disaster i can't believe i said i shouldn't have tried to fuck with twitch for so long the computer should have been here also when i got well, here. i know you got your elbows but i'll tell you who's got their arms crossed right now is my kid <laughs> waiting for a yeah, ride he's like, what the fuck shit well did he think he might be able to get a ride and then he was he didn't is it was that the problem or you just, I just thought, said text me if you can't if there's nobody there to give you, you one because not everybody was there so he yeah. texted me he's like yeah yeah 
Well, the thing is, when you looked at your phone and said, oh, shit. You knew Hold what I'm doing? Because I told I you figured, I was dropping but, off at practice. But, but your, re- your reaction was a little bit, because I said, is there a problem? You go, yeah. The way you said, yeah, I was like, oh, well, that could, this might be worse than his kid needing a ride. Because that'd be bad. I mean, it means that we can't do this. Right. But also, what, like, is our boss texting or something? Did I really no, fuck something up on no. the computer? You know what I mean? I was like, am I, am I live streaming over the, what did I do in here? What, what, what did I plug in wrong? So, but you know what? We did, we did put in the time, technically. I mean, you and I put in the time. It's just the product that uh, we produced was about, you know. Well, it's clearly Snowcone's fault anyway. Right. Why is the computer gone? He's a fucking producer. Why is the computer gone? With that computer set up, everything is set up to run around that computer. Right. Now we're using my old laptop. And he just fucking takes it. Right. And he's pissed me off all week. Don't even get me started. Okay. You know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look. Uh... I'm irritated, to say the least. I didn't get a we, GED to go through this shit. <laughs> we both started. We both got here on time. We actually got here earlier than yes. we originally said, which normally is a problem. I was for wasting us. time to get here at nine o'clock. I stopped and looked at cars. Oh, really? For a, I'll tell for you what, two car dealerships. I, I always buy cars online. So my fault. When do you start put, stop putting the fucking prices on them in the parking lot, dude? It's horrible. And, and Not one fucking price on any car, and then it says scan with the QR code. For price and information, it doesn't have the fucking price There's there no either. Price. That's new. I haven't seen the scheme. Fuck but... you. I'm not buying a car from you. Exactly. That's how I feel. I went into a dealership, I won't say where, but close to here one time. Yeah, me too. And they had a bunch of cars, and I, and I was there with my brother, and, and this guy walks out, hey, can I help you? And I said, yeah, you know, how much is this car? He's like, well, I don't know. See, the bank came in here today and yeah. took everything over, and we have to talk to them. And I was like, fuck so you. can you give me a price? He's like, no, you have to go talk to someone from the bank, because they took over. I was like, oh, get the fuck out of here. Right. I don't understand. Look, I mean... I, Look, you guys know what you're doing, so, so you got to know what works and what doesn't. But how many customers do you lose who, as soon as they hear that shit, go, I'm out of here? Right. I just tell me what it costs. Three dealerships. Because I was like, I, this is how much money I have to spend. Yeah. I know how much these cars fucking cost. Right. There's no price. Because, you know, usually I finance a car. Right. So, you know, this, I'm trying to pay cash to buy one for euro. I'm like, how much they fucking cost? Right. How much does a fucking car cost? And they won't tell you. You have a hundred of them here. Just tell me how much one cost. Maybe I can eyeball the rest of them. <laughs> right. No, they're like, right? how, how much are you willing to pay? Right. That seems Fuck to be the you. thing. Like, well, you know, have you looked at their cars? They got to figure out where you're at. It's like, dude, just give me, let me see that sheet that you've got. You know, that says what you're trying to get and what the lowest is. Even if right. we're, let's just tell me the highest price. That's right. right there. Put it on there. That's how, yeah, that's, that's fine. Put the sticker on there. All right. I got to go. All right. Well, All right. hey, uh, I love you, Twitch. I thank you. And then we're going to play hey, this interview. For you know what? We what? just hit 10 minutes. Not bad. I think that's not, not bad, bad for not Saturday. Bad. All right. Thanks, Twitch. All right, guys. Sorry about that. Not exactly what we had planned, but I have been wanting to play this Damien Eccles interview for a while. We interviewed him shortly after he got out of prison. If you're not familiar with Damien Eccles, he is one of the, uh, West Memphis Three. Look them up if you're not familiar with that. There were documentaries called Paradise Lost. I think they made three of them. I actually just rewatched them recently on HBO. They're great. Uh, the first one's, I think, from like 1996, and they continued to make them throughout the years. It's kind of what got me interested in our justice system and people being wrongfully convicted and the Innocence Project and, w- and what can we do to help. So this was our first time talking to Damien Eccles, and I think he had just gotten out of prison. We actually got to meet him just a few days later, a couple weeks later, he stopped by for a book signing and we got to say hi to him. But this is our interview with Damien Eccles and this will be this week's episode of Toxic and Problematic. Damien Eccles, how are you? Very good, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you. Um, 
Look, I'm one of those guys like everybody. I almost feel like I owe you an apology. And I'll start with this. I don't know when it was, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. The first time we all stumble across the story of the West Memphis Three, right? Yeah. And we start looking on the Internet and we start reading stories and we dig further and further and further and we're up all night and we're drinking coffee and we're looking at it and we're saying, my God, what are these guys doing in jail? And we look at it for three weeks and then, or three days or, and then life takes over and we, we don't do enough. And I feel like there's a lot of us who know your story who could have done more. The good news is, is that there's people who are braver, stronger, put more effort into their life than I did who uh, who read about you and did stuff to help you. So to start off, I'd like to say I'm sorry. Well, thank you. It does mean a lot hearing that. But I also think that, you know, just the fact that you feel that way and other people felt that way, you know, just the thoughts and the feeling alone is, you know, it helped me knowing that people felt that way out there. Um, that's a lot of what helped get me through. Right. All right, so uh, let's, you know, I, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. I don't know how far we can get into it. I mean, there's been, what, three documentaries now and more to come and books. and yep. But the, here's the, 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 the kind of a, if, if maybe you can give me a brief synopsis of what happened, and then I'd kind of like to ask you some questions. Well, I think the briefest synopsis would just be to say that uh, in 1993, me and two other guys, uh, all of us teenagers at the time, were charged with committing three counts of capital murder. The police said it was an act of satanic sacrifice. We spent 18 years on death row, or I spent 18 years on death row. The other two guys uh, were sentenced to life without parole before finally DNA testing started to come in and eyewitnesses came forth who uh, excluded me and the other two men from the crime scene and instead point towards someone else. So I've been out of prison about a year and a month now. And how different is it? Oh, it's, uh, you know, for whenever I first got out, the first two or three months, okay, I was in for 18 years, but I was in solitary confinement for almost the last 10 years. So getting out, I went from almost a decade of solitary confinement to just having, you know, being tossed back out into the world. And it was a... Uh, completely overwhelming experience you know everybody just thinks you'll be just really happy and jubilant that you're out and you are but at the same time uh you know i was in like for the first three months that i was out i would say i was in a really deep state of shock and trauma right. just from uh you know re-entering into the world again it was really really hard those first few months i can i can't imagine by, as time's gone by, I've started to adjust a little bit, but, you know, there's still a, a lot to get through. Damien, do you think you'd be a free man today if those documentaries had not been made? Oh, no. No, I don't. Um, you know, the first documentary came out in 1996, and that's when um, it, it gradually spread over time. You know, as the years would pass, it was almost like a snowball that just kept growing and growing. But it really did start in 1996 with those documentaries. Um, there's so many links in the chain that eventually led to us getting out of prison, though, and it's like if one single link in that chain was gone, then I would be dead right now. And the first link would be those, that very first documentary. 
Were you, now I, I, I want to ask you, obviously, I think this would go without saying that you were angry, but you never show your anger. You never you seem, seem very composed on camera, even though I'm thinking to myself, I'm in prison, I'm in solitary confinement 23 hours a day. I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm pissed, and you seem composed. Well, I think in the very beginning, like when you see trial footage, probably the reason it seemed that way back then was because I was in such a deep state of shock. You know, I was only barely more than a kid myself, 18 years old, and, and I had just had my entire world, my entire life, completely destroyed. So I was in such a deep state of shock at that point that I was just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. I don't want to interrupt but you I'm here, but when I see those, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, we're talking to Damian Eccles of West okay. Memphis 3, um, but I, when I see those original things like you're talking about right now, when you're 18 years old, and people say, look how flippant he is. I see, like, you know, some of the news commentaries, the local news. I always got the feeling that you thought, and, and, and believe me, I know nothing about you except for what I've seen on TV and documentaries, but I thought, he doesn't seem flippant. He seems like he's not exactly sure why he's here and he hasn't done anything wrong, and there's absolutely no way he's going to get convicted of this. Exactly. You know, I was raised, like most people in this country, to think, you know, the system is based on innocent until proven guilty. Right. And if you haven't done anything wrong, then it's impossible for them to prove you've done anything wrong. And that's really what I walked into that courtroom believing. Right. Did you ever think to yourself, because you seem, they never broke you, from what we can tell and from what we see of you now. Did you ever think to yourself, man, I wish I hadn't worn the black t-shirts, if only I had just been the model kid and and, and did you did you ever go down that road and think if only i'd been no, different I, no no really not just because i know if you start giving up the things you love the things that make your life enjoyable and the things that bring magic into your world if you start giving those things up every time somebody puts pressure on you then before you know it you know you're the living dead anyway it's like living just a slow drawn out death sentence I mean, if you don't have the things you love and the things that mean something to you, then you may not even be, you must, you know, there's no point in really being alive anyway. Now, I know that you guys had to sign something, according to this last documentary, you, you, you essentially signed something saying you were guilty to get out of jail? Is that an Alfred yeah, plea or something? Very, it, it's a very weird thing in the U.S. justice system. Most people have never even heard of it. It was called an Alfred plea. And what it means is you're accepting this deal with the prosecutor, but at the same time, you're still maintaining your innocence. And the reason for it, in the end, what it all comes down to is that you can't sue the state. Absolutely. They're afraid that you're going to sue them for millions and millions of dollars for false imprisonment or whatever the case may be. And Yeah. And so, so you're able to maintain your innocence while simultaneously signing paperwork that says you're guilty? Is that it? or Exactly. That's okay. what it comes down to. It makes no sense at all, but that's exactly what it is. Now, they offered you that because they knew that eventually you would win the case and they would sue yeah. you? And that you would sue exactly. them, obviously. Exactly. Uh, we have a documentary coming out in December called West of Memphis where the prosecutor actually did interviews, and he said that one of his main considerations in doing this deal was the fact that me and the other two guys collectively could have sued the state for $60 million. So, you know, whenever the we had DNA coming back that excluded us from the crime scene and matched two other men, we had three eyewitnesses come forward who put this guy with the victims within, a, within an hour of the time they were murdered and a whole bunch of other stuff. So the prosecutor says, you know, okay, yeah, if we go to court, you're going to win this. 
but they can easily drag it out for another five years, another 10 years. You know, they can appeal every decision. They can ask for extensions. Or we can sign this agreement and go home before the week is up. And we even watched you in an interview saying that you even thought they could just call someone in and have you killed if they wanted to. Oh, exactly. You know, he's saying, you know, we could have sued him for $60 million. And I know at the same time, I can be stabbed to death in prison for a pack of cigarettes any day of the week. Uh, not only that, but my health was just getting really, really bad. You know, if you've seen footage of me lately and see what I look like, I actually weighed 60 pounds less than that whenever I got out of prison. You know, I was emaciated just due to bad nutrition, deteriorating health conditions. I was going blind. Um, I knew one way or another whether I died from that or, or died from violence. Um, there was no way, if I didn't take that deal, there was no way I was ever going to live to see the outside of those walls again. The other two guys who went to jail with you, Jesse and Charles, is that right? Uh, Jason and Jesse. Jason and Jesse. All right, his, is his first name Charles? Yes, Charles oh. Jason Baldwin. Right, good. All right, so now I remember watching that, and um, and he said that he didn't want to take the Alford plea, that he wanted to go ahead and fight this for 10 years because it was important for him to prove he was willing to stay another 10 years in jail. Now, I'm a kind of a guy who I, I hide my emotions. I don't cry very often, man. I don't get sad very often. I don't know what happened to me as a child that makes me like that. But when he said, I would have fought this for 10 more years, but they wanted to kill Damien, they wanted to put him on death row, so I'll sign it to save Damien. I thought that is, uh, that is, I got chills. That's a pretty powerful statement from a friend of yours. It is, and I think it's also like the strongest statement of his innocence you could ask for. You know, right. that somebody's uh, willing to do that, to go to that limit, that they refuse to make any sort of, um, you know, they're just not going to bow down to the state in any way until they completely acknowledge his innocence. I mean, I don't think... It's possible to make a stronger statement of innocence than that. Did you want to fight it more as you, and this is just, I'm trying to inject a little bit of my personality into it, but did you want to fight it more the longer you got in? Because I feel like if they would have offered the Alford plea the first weekend, you'd have signed it yeah. in a heartbeat. But after 15 well, I, years, you're like, well, hold on a second. Now you've already, you've made me mad. Does that make sense? I think it was, for me, it was exactly the opposite. You know, if they would have came to me in the very first week, um, I would have probably told them where they could have put it. Right. Uh, but as time went on, I was getting really sick. I was getting weak. I was getting worn down. The prison brutality from the administration was just getting worse and worse. You know, it was just uh, everything was going downhill really fast. Right. Now, they didn't like you, and they thought you were a suspect, and they thought it was satanic because... I don't know what band. What band did you like? Black Sabbath or someone? Something ridiculous oh, now. Then, oh, they even were, were using Metallica T-shirts as evidence that we were Satanists. Metallica. And I say that's only yep. evidence that you have a very poor taste of music, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Damien, I I gotta know. And do you think you know who did it? We're pretty sure, um, I mean, we have a lot of evidence pointing to one individual who is a, uh, a family member of one of the victims. Uh, he had DNA at the crime scene. Inside one of the ligatures used to bind one of the victims was a piece of his hair. So it had to have gotten there while the knot was being tied. And this Not is the same that, guy that we the, saw in the last documentary. He was the stepfather, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. And also the man who was providing him with an alibi, 
his DNA was found at the crime scene on a tree stump next to the bodies. And they also now have three. He's always maintained that he never even saw the victims at all that day. And three eyewitnesses have come forward saying that's not true. We saw him with all three of them within an hour of the time they come up dead. So why aren't the police arresting them like they did you? Is it because they don't want to? Is it another way that if they arrest them, they've admitted their mistake with you? Exactly. And if they were to arrest him, then the deal that they forced us to take would be off the table and we could file a lawsuit against them. Right. I thought that from... Yeah. The number one priority to them is making sure they don't get sued. Everything else is secondary. Is there anybody out there, if we exclude the prosecutors, obviously, is there anybody out there who still thinks you guys did it? Do you get letters from people who think you did it? Are there still people who believe you're guilty? Um, you know, maybe some crazy guy in his mom's basement somewhere on the Internet. But for the most part, you know, whenever we deal with people on a daily basis, every single interaction we've always had with people has been 100% positive. You know, people come up to us on the street all the time and say, you know, I've followed this case for years. I'm really glad you're out. Congratulations. So far, it's been 100% positive. How about the crazy guy in the in the documentary who in the first uh, documentary you know, was so adamant that you guys were guilty and called you guys devil worshipers, and, and by the time we get around to current day, he's changed his tune, and now he's out helping you guys. I, I don't remember his name. Do you talk to him? Uh, John Mark Myers. We've actually had dinner together a few times. And he still supports you, and, uh, I mean, are you, after all that stuff that he said, after, you know, everything that he said in that first documentary, are you able to forgive him now? Well, yeah, just because, you know, I accused him of murder. I thought, uh, at the time, there was so much that seemed to be pointing in his direction that I honestly thought it was him. Okay. It was only uh, after the DNA testing came back that I, you know, said I was wrong. But we've uh, we've met with him a few times, and also another one of the victims' um, families, the the uh, Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Right. We've met with them several times and had dinner and, and stuff like that. So they are also completely supportive, one hundred percent. Two out of three of the victims' families are doing everything they can right now to help us uh, have this overturned and have the case reopened. Right. All right. Um, what, uh, just one last question. What do, you, what do you want to do with your life now? You've had so much of it taken away from you. What are your goals for life now? I think after everything settles down, what I'd like to do is have a small meditation center somewhere where I could help share the things I had to learn in prison that helped me survive with other people who are in you know hard times in life and, and that maybe they'll find it useful and be able to put it to use. Something like that that's helpful but completely unrelated to the case at all. You uh, you still live in the same area? I live in Massachusetts now. Ah. How long did it take you to move from Memphis? How, how many hours? Get the hell out how of many hours did it take plane? for you to get out of West Memphis? Oh, we left uh, as soon as we left the courtroom. We took off. We stayed at a hotel over in Memphis that night. The very next morning, we were on a plane out of there. I don't even think I could have stayed the night, Damien. I think I would have been going northeast, northwest. Get me somewhere right. away from here. All right, well, Damien Eccles, we uh, the book is called Life After Death. It's available now, correct? Hardcover and Kindle edition on Amazon. It looks like that's available. And, yep, and uh, you book, which I read myself. All right, take care of yourself. And, hey, man, I'm sorry again. Thank you so much for having me today. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you to our sponsors, Mitra 9. Go to mitra-9.com. That's M-I-T-R-A-9.com. Get yourself some Kratom Go Packs and Kratom Seltzers like we were enjoying here in the studio this morning. Use the promo code PROBLEMATIC to get yourself 
a significant discount. Thanks to Direct Computer Outlet Emission for making this possible, even if Snowcone did steal a computer. Please visit our website, laszlo.church. We would love to have you follow us on all of our socials and follow us on uh, Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash churchoflazo. See ya!